Dr. Ruth Anderson on the International Angels Network and Enlightened World Network. I'm your host, Ruth Anderson, and I'm coming to you live from Colorado. Here at International Angels Network, we explore spirituality, angels, spirit guides, our loved ones on the other side, and much more. And I encourage you to go to internationalangelsnetwork.com and see some of the fascinating programming that Claudia Ibarra has put in place for lightworkers. Our radio podcasts are available to you on Pocket Casts, Pinterest, Player FM, Podchaser, and now Overcast Radio. Listen to us on Alexa and Echo Amazon devices, or download the TuneIn app. These are all easy sites to use and make it simple to listen to our archived shows. Tonight, I am so excited to bring you week one of the working, I'm sorry, of the mini session. Um, No, I'm sorry. That's wrong. Let me say that again. Tonight, I'm excited to bring you the last week, week five, of our mini series for Reiki. And um, this episode of International Angels Network is sponsored by Holistic Light Rejuvenation Center. For more information, visit holisticrejuvenate.com. Sunday Sturgeon is the founder and CEO of Holistic Light Rejuvenation Center and is a host on our network. We're pleased to announce that International Angels Network is now also sponsored by Audible by Amazon. If you go to www.audibletrial.com slash International Angels Network, you can get a free audiobook. So please check that out today. I would like to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedules to listen in. This show is called Walking with Spirit. Walking with Spirit means consciously living in the physical realm with frequent connection to the divinity in the spirit realm and being open to all that they want me to experience. Every day I check in with my guides, Divine Mother and God, sometimes seeking guidance, sometimes seeking connection, and sometimes seeking their healing abilities. Many days I receive lessons by hearing, seeing, or feeling signs coming in from the energetic realm. I never know what my day is going to look like or what the next learning might be. I'm an author and a spiritual counselor, providing individualized transformational experiences for my clients using Holy Fire Reiki, energy work, and connection with the spiritual divinity, including Divine Mother, Archangels Michael, Gabrielle, and Raphael. Each week, I share a story about an experience I had while walking with Spirit. I've been working closely with Archangel Michael over the past few months. Together, we've created an enterprise called Enlightened World. Enlightened World will create a network, a platform, and a voice for lightworkers across the globe, to unite in a variety of means in order to ultimately have a much larger reach and impact. The ultimate goal is to increase vibrational frequencies of one, of many, 
and as a united front across the globe. I've been shown conferences in Los Angeles, New York, and Tokyo, bringing in trailblazers in the spiritual world, public spiritual figures and light workers with the intent of mobilizing and connecting, educating and focusing on positivity and higher vibrational energies. One of the long-term visions is to create a website where lightworkers across the globe can have a voice and a platform in order to connect with more people. On our site, lightworkers will be able to share articles, advertise their services and products, mobilize for meditation or prayer circles, purchase and create online radio or video programming on Enlightened World Network, have a YouTube presence as Enlightened World Unites. Enjoy connections over Facebook on Enlightened World Unites. And seek low-cost and easy-to-access assistance for creating their own websites, publish books, create educational or motivational courses, etc. Stay tuned as the website progresses. I have had the immense pleasure to be introduced by spirit to a team of people that I call the Inner Circle of Enlightened World. They come from a variety of backgrounds, but each of them has a connection to spirit and are answering the call to support me or Enlightened World and its mission. The Facebook and YouTube sites will be going up this month, and as the inner circle is coming to us from different countries, it will be global in no time. November 1, in just a couple of weeks, will be a big day. That's the day that Enlightened World is launching the website and online video recording network. Stay tuned as we share out more information as we get closer to the launch date. This endeavor is much larger than I, and Spirit is lining up people to be invited in. While the groundwork is being laid for the Facebook page, website, online TV network and conferences, I am focusing on walking with Spirit to make sure all is in alignment with the desires of God, the archangels, and angels. If you are called in any way to see where you might fit into all of this, please feel free to reach back out to me. Every morning, I sit in meditation with God and then the archangels. Every morning, I walk away with a honey-do list of five to ten items. Believe me, I'm not thinking of these things to do by myself. Yesterday, I started meditation sitting with God. I was feeling a little overwhelmed as the timelines of the launch date are getting closer. God gave me a healing to my center of self-esteem and my heart space. And I ended up with three or four things to work on for Enlightened World. Then God said I should avoid the archangels because they would just give me more work to do. Then I heard God chuckle. I said, I don't think I have ever heard you laugh or thought of you having a sense of humor. Then he said, what about the animals? What about the ostrich that sticks its head in the sand? Or flamingos that turn pink when they eat shrimp? Or squirrels playing in the trees? What about the joy you feel from watching a dog chase its own tail? And I realized that I was wrong. Yep, God definitely does have a good sense of humor. So thank you for listening. Tonight's show is the last of our five-week mini-series on the wonders of Reiki. I'd like to tell you about our guest this evening, my friend and fellow lightworker, Monica Augustine. 
Monica's career passion is to support clients to gain clear insight, release inner blocks, and heal so they can take positive action to experience the life they desire. She gains information by asking questions, actively listening, and using her empathic, clear audience and clairvoyant skills. She then uses Reiki to release and clear inner blocks and life coaching to support positive action steps. Monica has training as an intuitive reader and is certified as a Reiki master teacher and life coach. In addition, Monica founded and directed Wildflower School of Voice in Boulder, Colorado for 20 years before selling it at the end of 2014 to transition into her new work full-time. On the personal side, she's lived in Colorado for 26 years, has been married to her husband Kevin for 21 years. Together they have two boys, Greg and Will. Monica loves to be with her family, sing, exercise, and devote time to friends and her spiritual practice. Welcome, Monica. How are you? Well, thank you for having me on your show. Uh, Absolutely, our pleasure. Absolutely. So let me just say to folks that Monica trained me in Holy Fire Reiki, and um, the attunement procedures that she took me through was absolutely life-changing. And I think we spent four half days together, maybe, Monica, I think. It was about four half days. I think we did um, Um, maybe three half days, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the time together with you was incredibly profound, and this was two years ago, I'm thinking, something like that. I think so. And some of the things that were shown to me during the Reiki attunement with you two years ago is what I'm living now. And I had no idea at the time when I saw it with you what it was about, if it was a past life, if it was something that was going to happen. I had no idea. And it's fascinating to be living it now. So thank you so much for that time with you. You are an amazing reader and teacher, and um, I highly recommend your services to anybody who either wants a Reiki healing with Holy Fire Reiki or to be trained in in the Reiki Holy Fire Reiki program. So just thank you Mm. so much for your part in my journey. You're so welcome, Ruth. It was so much fun working with you and and I still remember the the experiences that you had and that you shared and the things we were seeing and just getting to share Reiki with you was such a uh, blessing and just to be in the energy of Reiki I feel really blessed you know and mm-hmm. just getting to pass that along and and seeing you do what you're doing now is very exciting cuz I mean you know neither one of us knew what what it meant exactly right and no and then not we, a clue. now it's um you know coming more into manifesting into the physical realm and it's really exciting <laughs> yes it is yes it is so monica tell us about your background how did you begin your spiritual journey were you always aware of spirit and intuition 
Well, um, let me think back. So I feel, you know, my my history um, growing up, there was a lot of, as a young person, I definitely felt drawn to, um, I felt a strong connection to Jesus and wanting to understand Jesus' life more and understand Jesus and God. And I, mm-hmm. I always had a longing to, um, you know, be the best person I can be. I always wanted to grow that way and learn that way. I, I grew up in a, um, as a, uh, in a Catholic, Catholic church, Catholic school. My family was Catholic. Um, you know, I'll skip some of it, but I, I did have a passion for understanding that at a young age. I also had a lot of, um, a lot of abusive, um, experiences. I grew up a lot of abuse uh, mentally, physically, mentally, uh, emotionally, sexually as well for a really long time. And so I felt mm-hmm. a lot of times like I had two two parts of me going. Like I had I felt like I was connected to my higher self at a young age. And I could hear uh you know, I heard things, I, I could see things, um see things meaning um I felt like I talked a lot and I to to uh energy, the energy world, spirit, um, but I didn't really think much of it, you know. Um, But what I found, what I realized was I had, like, I always felt like I was a little torn because I didn't have a lot of, um, I would say, positive role models in the way of, um, I feel like, with, like, growing in that way and um, respect and value and honor. And I do feel that, like, growing up, my mom had a lot of wonderful traits, and and I love her, and she's passed now. But I always felt like with the abuse, I felt like I was in my spirit, kind of the higher self I could hear, but I was also kind of tortured mentally and emotionally with the things that happened and how that manifested inside me and my psyche, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And yeah, so I right. I kind of was torn a lot. Like I, I felt like I don't know how to follow this path and I feel all these feelings. So I think all of that turmoil, honestly, brought me to want to really understand all this stuff and be free mentally and emotionally and spiritually and help others do that because I had struggled so much with mental, emotional health, I would say, that I really was, I still feel really passionate about it because I would love to, um, I do feel really free now, but it took me a long time to get here. And I feel like I made lots of mistakes, but I don't know that I believe in mistakes because if you learn, then you, I don't know that it's a mistake, but I had learned a lot to get here and I just want to pass it on. Um, That's kind of what I, kind of how I feel got me really into it, you know? Right. So so you weren't alone during the times of the abuse. You had spiritual support going through it. I feel... I feel like I did. And a lot of times, I mean, I was a really young girl. And I know there's a lot of women and men that go through that when they're younger. Right. And yeah. I just do remember feeling like when I do meditation on it and did a lot of healing work in my 20s and 30s, like, you know, asking why that happened. And the the words I always get is it's 
it's to teach it's not right it's not fair and it's not okay to do to somebody like in the human realm you know it's not okay but in, in the spiritual realm it's like i feel like i heard it teaches you compassion it teaches you strength and humility mm-hmm. and those were some gifts that i feel i've gotten i got from those experiences that you know on some on some ways ruth you know like um in our human bodies like as moms and just people we'd be like that's not okay you know you can't treat kids like that that's not okay but as a spiritual seeker and i had to look deeper it forces you to look deeper and be like what what happened there and i always felt like i had some kind of strength that i could survive it but um and i always felt like there was somebody with me or you know but mm-hmm. you know then i had almost like that other side of me that was the human more human side is like oh my gosh right. i'm having all these weird things thoughts feelings i hate myself <laughs> so you know does that make sense mhm yeah. yeah it absolutely does mm-hmm. so as in your teen years were you incorporating spirituality into your life sort of like on a daily basis or were there periods of your life that you just like took time off from the spiritual connection or how did that work? Yeah, well, you know, let me see how I can answer that. Well, you know, I always had, um, in my teen years, we did go to a Christian school um, and we were, it was like our two years of our high school, like my, my uh, sophomore, freshman and sophomore year. And, and uh, to be honest with you, the school, um, I saw a lot of hypocrisy, though, and I didn't have a lot of, um, I lost some faith, not in God or Jesus, but in the people there, mm-hmm. and they were teaching, but there was a lot of things going on that were definitely not um, following the rules of love and treat your neighbor like yourself and honesty and integrity and all that. So and no one's perfect, but it it did kind of make me feel like I don't know what to trust. So, but going through my high school years, I did go to church sometimes. I prayed a lot. I talked to God all the time. I just feel like I have a constant dialogue, you know. And since mm-hmm. I didn't know what I felt, I didn't know what to believe or trust. Like the Bible, I had trouble reading it because I, it was hard for me to read. And I didn't trust the church and I didn't trust the school um, so I just said, you know what, I'm going to just do my best to be the best person I can be. I want to be kind and generous and loving and to people. And that's kind of where I, where I went with it because I didn't really know what else to trust. Do you know what I mean? You know, you, the world is so lucky that that's the path that you took because mm-hmm. other people, given all of the, the things that caused you to distrust, could have turned inward or turned self-abusive or, you know, turn against humanity. I mean, there's a lot of other ways you could have gone besides turning to the kind, (laughs) the kindness and the compassion and those trademarks. So are you, you are kind and compassionate as an adult. So that must've just been who you were in the core of you because it has stayed with you all these years. Well, thanks, Ruth, for saying that. And I, I'd i like to think that, you know, I I feel that way. I feel like that is a strong mm-hmm. part of me. And um, and then there were, you know, there are times when 
the um, abuse kind of settled in and a certain my psyche or something, and I would be like, you know, you know, like when I, I would lie or something, I'd be like, why am I doing that? You know, I don't want to be doing that. So there were definitely struggles I had, you know, but I always definitely felt this pull to be, I want to learn how to be what I would consider a good person. That was just kind of how I put it at that time mm-hmm. in my life to kind of give it a label so I could kind of follow something, you know, but, but thanks for saying that. And, um, and, it was an interesting it was a really interesting journey it was it was full of a lot of things <laughs> you know yes your your life was full of more things than a, a number of other people's lives <laughs> mm. I, will, I will give you that yes mm. so so monica from that platform of creating you into this adult how did you get into the reiki and this second career after mm-hmm. you sold the music school yeah well it's very interesting um i'll this you know i never thought i'd ever sell the school i never thought of actually selling a business ever but i love the children all the kids i worked with were singing and i you you know that because you were a part of mm-hmm. the school a little bit and and supported it <laughs> and um but I remember I was starting to hit a wall, and I it was a you know what I learned Ruth was a, it was a lot about boundaries. I had trouble saying no, and you know a lot of people that have had abuse, especially sexual abuse, have trouble with boundaries. You know, I knew mm-hmm. it was a problem, but I'm like, oh my god, I just can't say no to these kids. Like when they say, can you go to my party? Can you go to my birthday? Can you go to my, can you go to my play? Like I was just like saying yes to everything, and I eventually over 20 years, I, I hit a wall, and I just. You know, what happened, Ruth, is I had these three dreams, and I, I've shared these with you, I think, before, but they mm-hmm. were profound, and there were three dreams of medicine, women, and men, and one said, woke me up and just like, you have to change your life or you're going to die, and it was an older man, he had no teeth, and he had, but he was happy, and he had a cup of tea, and he wasn't like freaking mm-hmm. me out, he was just like, smiling said hello miss monica very non that caring of the physical realm or money or things like um of the world really mm-hmm. free of that but he said you have to change what you're doing or you're going to die okay i was like whoa that was intense okay i felt it for the next day like in my body and then the next night right. i had a beautiful african-american woman say monica you're not listening if you don't change your ways you're going to die and i was like wow, wow. Oh, my gosh. And she was stronger. And then the next night, it happened again. But it was like this this beast. Um, I didn't see the beast, but it was like I was on this retreat with the kids from Wildflower that I loved so much, as you knew that. Mm-hmm. And it was hard to disappoint them. Um, but they were we were on a retreat in this dream. And this monster, or like maybe like a King Kong or something, big beast was coming through the trees and like say Winter Park, and it was shaking. He said, "You're not listening. We're coming for you, and wow. you are not listening." And it shook all the children, but it didn't hurt them. But out of the house, and it said, "You, you need to let go. You've got to move on." And that day, I called every single family, and I told them how much I love them, but I have to make this change, and I couldn't explain why because I thought everyone would think I was a little crazy. So no one really mm-hmm. knows. I 
um, what happened. I just said, I have to let go. And thankfully, I trained Brittany and another teacher that kind of kept it going. Mm -hmm. Um, But that dream woke me up that I have to make a change. And then I, and long story short, I sold the business to a wonderful woman that we both know. And she took it over, and it's still going. And then I was just like, what am I going to do now? I'm still... I'm still like 45 and, you know, I want to do other things. And my husband said, Monica, you're so intuitive. You should get some training with like psychic horizons. And I was like, all right. I kind of laughed at him, but I was like, I'll try that. And then he was my, he's my Reiki teacher. He's been doing it for over 20 years. It never dawned on me to do it. And so I did that training, the intuitive clairvoyant training. And then I also did, um, Kevin said, would you like to be trained with three other people? And we we all were in, and we're still a group to this day. And I'm in love with the work. (laughs) So it was was kind of, I made that short, but that's how I got into it. But I've always been passionate about it, and I've always kind of had dreams that come true, not every day, but a lot of times. Um, I just was like, this must happen to everybody. And then when I was a little girl, like like a little... It doesn't happen to everybody. <laughs> and um, I was like, this is interesting. And it was fun because, you know, I felt connected to, which it made me not feel alone, which was really cool. So I'm like, well, I'm connected to something that I can't see. And it was really awesome, you know, and comforting. And then when I was really young, um, like nine, I remember during the abusive times, I would close my eyes and tune into the person that was abusing this, he's also passed, was, did a lot of that. And I would close my eyes and just tune into his energy. And I asked, what is this day going to hold? And every day it was uncanny. I couldn't change it, but at least I knew it was coming. I could be prepared mentally for it, but I didn't know what I was doing, but I naturally did that in my bedroom. And it's like, it was uncannily exactly what I saw and felt empathetically, it happened. And so then I learned that was a tool for me to at least know what was going to happen, but I couldn't mm-hmm. change it. I, and it, that's still, you know, something that's interesting. You know, I couldn't change it, but at least I knew it was coming. So then I realized I had some skill, but not until I took the clairvoyant program four years ago and realized, oh, wow, this is something unique. I didn't know, you know. So that was an earful. <laughs> wow. Now, you know, I'm just trying to process it. I, I, Yeah. Wow. So your intuitive skills allowed you to know it was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's as far as it could take you. Yeah. I, I was a little kid and I yeah. asked for help, but it felt like I had to, like, it allowed me to empathetically tune into that person what he was thinking and feeling hmm. and but I part of me knew that but I, I still don't understand it to this day but that I had to go through that experience and I don't know why and maybe it was a past mm-hmm. lifetime that I had to learn humility for I don't know or maybe it 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 taught me like I said it put me on this journey which maybe if I had a totally different experience, I wouldn't have the empathy or care for humanity that I have 
now. Mm-hmm. So I really don't know right. the answer. But I definitely learned how to tune into people <laughs> for safety. Right. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Well, right. And and I literally just watched a movie in the theaters with my daughter and this young woman, she was about sixteen, was being sexually assaulted by her uncle and he came into the bedroom one day and she took out a gun and shot him in the knee. <laughs> it was like, gosh, Monica, I wish we could have gotten you like a weapon or something when uh, you were a little girl and knew it was going to happen. But maybe well, that's know, a different movie. I don't know. That's so interesting and that you say that because there was this time I remember, I remember saying maybe he'll die soon. You know, like, mm. but I felt bad thinking that, but I was like, maybe he'll die soon and we'll all be kind of free of this. Cause it wasn't just me. It was my siblings too. And, and, but then I said, I, I had this deep sense that I never wanted to hurt anyone. Even if they were hurting me, I couldn't, I remember as a young girl, just thinking I could never hurt anybody like that mm-hmm. on purpose. And I just said, I'm just going to. Like, I remember as a 10-year-old saying, I'm just going to wait it out. But I don't I don't know why I didn't, I I did think of that. Like, it did enter my mind, not like, not like killing anybody, but, but mm-hmm. like, but like that, some people do that, you know, like your, that, that movie you saw. And, right. and I was like, no, I just, I couldn't bear doing that just to even him. I just. I don't know. I think I have a deep sense of empathy. Like, I just think it's deep, so deep that sometimes I have to remind myself still, like, to say to people, you know, that's not okay, even as a woman. Yeah. It's right. not okay to do right. that to me. You can't talk to me like that. Or, so I don't know. It, it, it's still a mystery to me. Maybe when I pass on, I'll know <laughs> what what happened there, you know. but Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I would love to know, too. Yeah, because, you know, just thinking of, you know, that there are other listeners that are hearing this that have gone through similar experiences that you have. Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, I think everybody just has to process it in their own way because what's right for one person, the way that they process process it may be very wrong for somebody else. It just seems like such a, a personalized individual experience I guess it's so true I think it's so true Ruth because if if I have like I have a child right too and Will's still mm-hmm. somewhat young if anyone were hurting him like that I would say defend yourself you know right. Right. Um, I would say to, you know to get away now I wouldn't I, I don't you know I wouldn't say kill anyone but I even I would just say get somehow get out of there um, but I think, you know, the other thing that comes to mind as we talk, Ruth, is there was a lot of mental kind of twisted abuse. And so mentally, I think I was afraid of losing my mom. Right. You know, because right. he kind of like, if you do this or, you know, if you do this and, and you tell anyone, you know, there was a lot of things he said with that. And when you're a young kid, you believe it. And mm-hmm. then I thought, wow, I, I got to just put up with this because I don't want to lose my mom. I don't want to lose my family. I'll be all alone. So I'd rather just right. stick this out. I don't know. There was there was some logic. And then there was also I don't want to hurt anybody. It was it was, it was interesting. <laughs> yeah, when we as we're talking about it, I haven't talked about it in a long time, but 
it is interesting. Like, why didn't, you know, a couple times I stood up to him and said, you're not God. (laughs) And he said, yes, Mm. I am. And I said, you're not God. You can't keep doing this to people. But it pretty much took all the energy I had to muster that courage up because, you know, I got in trouble for that. So, but at the same time, it's so weird, Ruth, that I still could see good in him. And so I think that's where I got, like, tripped up, is I see, I really do see, I feel like I see good in everybody. And so even and I, if they, I, yeah, yeah, go ahead, I'm sorry, yeah. I think that so then it's, it's hard looking spirit to spirit, right? Spirits, Maybe, I don't yeah. believe that spirits are evil. I, I think that spirits are, like, neutral, Personally, that's the way I see it, is that they're neutral. And so what you were seeing in him was him as spirit, which gave you that sort of neutral piece, but then yet as a body, he's going against you. So I would think that that would be very confusing. It was very it was very confusing and um, so confusing, you know, and just, yeah, I mean, just you know, seeing him, even thinking of him now, you know, I had to let go of a lot of anger to um, heal and forgive, and I, I feel like I've forgiven him. And But at the same time, I still saw how much he wanted to have a good life, but he just couldn't. Um, he had so much trouble in him. Like, I don't know, I could see both. So it was mm-hmm. really conflicting. It, I just, it was very confusing, especially to a younger younger person like a nine ten and eleven year old girl it's like really confusing mm-hmm. right well, absolutely so but all absolutely. of that like led me to this and i i feel so thankful that i found this deep connection to god and love and reiki and i feel connected to jesus even though i wouldn't call myself a christian i feel connected to jesus a lot and I feel really thankful for that. Well, I think that that's beautiful. Can we talk about, um, I don't know if this is secret or not, okay. so I apologize oh. if this is secret. Okay. But in Holy Fire Reiki, there are symbols that can be used to intensify the healing, intensify the, the energy that's coming through, and not referring to any of them by name, But as memory serves, there are some of those symbols that could be really helpful to somebody who is going through, you know, whether it's um, post-traumatic stress because of abuse or, you know, low self-esteem or anger or grief or, you know, some of those things associated with those past memories. It just seems to me that there are some of those Reiki symbols that might be really helpful in helping with helping heal. Um, Reiki is amazing. Yes, there there are symbols in each level. You know, like you've gone through all the levels, so you know that Reiki one and two, master level, and then Karuna Reiki has symbols that do do address and they channel in that energy for healing. You know, negative habits or or codependency or like what you were saying there's there's symbols and they're they're very powerful in my experience i feel like reiki has healed me more than anything that i've 
anything I've ever done. That's why I feel so um, great, so much gratitude towards the energy. And it's, yes, so there are symbols. And I'm just such a believer in Reiki. And, um, and you know what's interesting, Ruth, is when we were in Japan, we just got back and we went there because Reiki was founded there. Um, the energy of um, Reiki was founded there by Yusui, who was mm-hmm. called Master Yusui, and he's who we kind of it would I guess you would call it a lineage, but really Reiki's for everybody. It's not it's not excludes anyone or any religion or anything. It, it includes everybody who is who's drawn to it. Um, but you know what we learned this past um, class we just had with William, who is the who is the um, founder of International Center for Reiki, and he's gotten all the facts, and he, he makes it, he has dedicated his life to it, is that there was Reiki 2, but now there is Reiki 3, and it was channeled in why we were there. Oh, cool. And, yeah, and I noticed wow. a huge, a huge, um, a very, a very strong heightened energy that is even another level of healing. And he's putting that out so people can can um, upgrade to it online and not have oh, to nice. not pay for it or anything, just upgrade to it. He hasn't come out with it yet because we were, the, I think, the first or second group that that came through. And it wasn't a really healing experience. It's supposed to really help you heal um, dormant negative emotions you might have stuffed so you can be more of your authentic self. That's like the energy of it. And it it was working on Kevin and I the entire time and when we got home it was it was amazing and but yeah, the symbols to get back to that it is they're just very powerful. And you know, some people don't don't need the symbols or you don't have to use them. You can just call it in the energy once you're you're mm-hmm. tuned tuned to it. But I like to use them sometimes because I think it channels it kinda helps me channel into that that vibration. You know, so yes, it, yeah. yeah. To me, when I when I use them, it's with the intention of having it work on that particular issue, mm-hmm. whether it's you know clearing negative energy or um, helping them be more grounded or you know connect connection to the divinity or whatever. But when I purposely choose those symbols, I think it helps. I agree with you. I think it helps um, bring in my intention, and I think it helps sort of um, direct the energy sort of in that way. Um, I have found the symbols to be really quite profound. Uh, yeah, I I agree. I mean, for me and my experience, I do as well. And, yeah, and I've I agree with you. I do. Um, every I do know that there are people that like to, um, a lot of people like to use them. A lot of people like to to do just use holy fire and let it work. But I I like to just I like to also focus on that that specific thing that client comes for that day, and if they're mm-hmm. like relationship issues or a cons- consistent block with a negative habit they have like smoking or drinking or some something like that i there's there's a symbol for each of those things so yeah i really like that a lot 
Yeah, so Monica, when, when somebody comes to you, could, do you do distance work as well? Yeah, just I do. in-house, okay. Yeah, I do. Um, so now that we've been traveling a little bit more with um, the Reiki International Center, you know, we now have some friends all over the world now in different countries, which is really cool. So um, I do, like, intuitive readings on the phone or Skype um, if they're not in the state. And I'll also just, um, I call in Reiki, um, I, I kind of, I call in like Father, Son, Holy Spirit, um, that's what feels good to me, and Holy Fire Reiki, mm-hmm. and Archangel Michael and Gabrielle, those, and I, I tune in to see what, um, in my Reiki guide, um, but I, I want to cover all the bases, but I say mm-hmm. everything, <laughs> just to kind of like I covered it all, but um, I do call that in, and ask it to lead the reading, lead the healing, um, say a prayer together in the highest good of the client. And, and yeah, then I'll do a reading on the phone, Skype, or at my house. And I do Reiki sessions at home. And if I send Reiki to somebody, like one person asked me to do a Reiki session for her in a different state, but she wanted me to be with her the entire time on the phone and just kind of, mm-hmm. kind of read her while I did Reiki. So it's like I... I charge for that because I was with her the whole time. But if someone just says, send me Reiki, I just send them Reiki. <laughs> you know, it's not like oh, okay. there's a charge for that or anything, but I, I send them Reiki. Mm-hmm. They send it to me and think of me, and I'll do that. Um, but, yeah, I do more readings on the phone than mm-hmm. um, like a Reiki session. Yeah. Now, when, when I've done Reiki sessions with you, you mm-hmm. combine your gifts and you're doing Reiki, and you're also reading. Do you yeah. do that with a lot of folks, or was that just special for me? That is such a good question, because <laughs> in, in Japan, this William, some of the students were like, is Reiki a reading? And William's like, can someone write an article? Or No, he's like, i got to have someone write an article, and is Reiki a reading? Or is it just, you know, what is it? I'm, so I wrote an article that hopefully will be in the next um, magazine, but just on that. So it was really good timing. So I actually do it a, pretty much with everybody, it, but I make sure they know. I ask them, do you want to do Reiki or do you want to do Reiki in a reading? So they mm-hmm. know um, I'm going to be tuning into them and giving them information that comes up. So basically, as long as they know what I'm doing, it, it like, if they want to just be real quiet and have the Reiki work, um, then I don't do a reading. But I guess the, the main thing is I ask them what they want so they know what they're getting so it's clear. So then it's not confusing what Reiki is to people. Uh, yeah, I think Does that's that a good sense? idea, really. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because honestly, I was just you know, saying, do you want Reiki or Reiki in a reading? And they're like, what does that mean? And then I would just explain right. it. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. so basically um, the Reiki does its thing no matter what. Just It's working, and it goes with the client and he helps them. And um, and then I just, yeah, I do that with a lot of people, but they, you know, they have to ask for that, or I'll, or I'll just do one or the other. Some people want just a reading. Some people just want Reiki, and then a lot of people actually want both. So. Yeah. Well, and you also include the angels, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I call it's... in. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel a connection to angels. Sometimes I see them when I'm doing Reiki. Um, one of my one of my um, clients 
I was laying doing Reiki at the person's head, and um, I usually keep my eyes closed um, just to tune in. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my in my inner uh, vision, not out in the real world, but in my inner vision, I could see. I saw angel wings at their feet on both sides, and I I felt their mm-hmm. presence there and knew they there was. I feel like angels are a part of Reiki. Like I feel oh, like they're a part of Monica. like Reiki. <laughs> Can I tell you? Can I tell you yeah. what I've seen? Please, okay. yeah. So I was yeah. So I was in meditation, and this bean showed up in front of me, and I so I had to pay attention to it, and. I didn't know what it was, and I was sensing like the high to low energy. I mean, I was like sensing like all of it, and I asked it to step aside, and it got behind the archangel, and I thought, okay, well, that's interesting, and then I said, Archangel Michael, is it okay to work with this energy, you know, with this being, and and he said yes, and then it kind of came up forward, but what I got from that was that it was like subservient to the archangel. And um, so then it came up in front of me, and, and I'm sensing, like, this lower-level energy. And I, I said, Archangel Michael, is, is this an archangel? And the answer was no. And I said, well, is this an angel? And the answer was yes. But I'm sensing this lower-level energy. And I said, why would an angel have lower-level energy? And then it dawned on me. I said to this angel, I said, do you remove low-level energy from others? And the answer was yes. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. And then I got in my mind's eye a vision of a time that I had done Reiki on a friend and angels came in and provided healing during the Reiki session. I watched them. There was four of them. There was a woman and three male angels doing the Reiki session. And um, I heard the word Reiki. And I turned to this angel and I said, are 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 you <laughs> do you have to do with Reiki? And it was yes. And I said, Are you Reiki energy? And it was yes. And what I was shown was that um divine healing light comes down through this angel of Reiki. And when practitioners ask in the Reiki energy, it comes actually through this angel. And that at times other angels show up to assist with the Reiki healing. It was fascinating what I saw. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. That's really amazing, Ruth, that you that you saw that and and that you experienced that and yeah, I I totally see, you know, it just I, I'm just kind of visualizing it right now, like what you're saying, you know, and yeah. seeing that how that happened and it makes it makes so much sense to me, and I you know it makes me wonder what others you know experiences are practitioners and and we know like our our Reiki group and what they experience, but mm-hmm. I so think that um the angelic realm has a a very big part in it mm-hmm. if not <laughs> if not a lot you know um more than that you know. But it's it's amazing. And so well, did you, has, like the lower level thing was, I, I've never seen that before, but it was so interesting because you're probably wondering why that, you know, shouldn't this be higher? 
right? Like, shouldn't this be clearer or higher? But then it's like, wow, they they all have different jobs, right? Just right. different things right. to do. So that's pretty fascinating. I've never experienced that yet, that kind of thing, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, I thought it was really quite fascinating, and it made yeah. sense to me that if yeah. this angel removes his lower-level energy, that I would be able to sense it on, you know, around this angel. Not that the angel was of low-level energy. It's like a, a man who picks up your trash cans. He's not trash, <laughs> but, right. you know, he, he's been oh, working right. around the trash all day. Oh, my gosh, that's such a great metaphor. That really is. That makes, or analogy, it just makes so much sense. Yeah, I like that. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's, it's fascinating. kind of fascinating. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, so think it's, I think it's so, endless, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, the learnings are yeah. definitely endless. And yeah. When they mm-hmm. come out with that um, third level of the Reiki, I would love to know about that because I'm oh. going to experience you, that myself yes i will send you the link it's he's he's trying to get it together as like quickly as he can and and i'll send you the link it, you might get it because you're you know you're registered and everything but mm-hmm. it definitely was a noticeable noticeable difference <laughs> so yeah it's, and so were you on the actual mountain that yusui was on um, when we were experienced Reiki, yeah, we that's were. why that's kind of why we went. We wanted to um, study with William again, and we wanted to go to Japan. But Kevin really wanted to go. He has an affinity for Asian culture anyway, and yes, yes. And um, but he's like, I want to sit where Yusui sat, and so we did go on the mountain, and we were there, and the the energy was like amazing. Like it was like you could feel it coming through the bottoms of your feet. Like that's where it was wow. almost putting you in this like shaky. But but it wasn't didn't shake us up, but it was like it was palpable. And here's the thing though, Ruth, is there was a big typhoon um before we got there and actually after, but mm-hmm. there was um um a big typhoon and it actually took out the top of the mountain. So we couldn't go all the way up, which was the plan. Um, so we didn't get all the way up. But we did we were on the mountain. Yeah. Wow. So we're just going to have That's to go back. Exciting. <laughs> I love it. I yeah, love it. Yeah, we're going to have to just go back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Within, with the Enlightened World, we're looking at a conference in Tokyo. Oh, wow. And so that would be a perfect time to experience oh that. My, oh, my gosh. Yeah. What, what year are you guys thinking? Do you know yet? You know, I don't know either in okay. 19 or 20, so I don't know. Okay, okay. Oh, got it. Okay, got it. That's exciting. Well, Mount Karama, it, well, Karama is the town we stayed in where Yusui was. And it's like a, um, we went to the Kyoto first. That was a, mm-hmm. like a mm-hmm. bigger city. And then we um, took a taxi to um, Karama, which is like an hour and a half away. But the village, it was, it was, it's an amazing little village surrounded by all kinds of great energy of the earth and spiritual it's amazing <laughs> yeah so is reiki a, a large practice in japan then is it pretty highly recognized and well you know the interesting thing is is um it's not because hmm. um in world war Two, when yusui was um um 
a lot, like, or 19, oh, let me think. Okay, in World War II, they, we, I think, I think it was us that said nothing, there can be no um, studying of anything that isn't, um, I think it was American, actually. I, I don't know, I, I think, I don't want to get that wrong. But the the basis of this is they had to go underground with Reiki because um, it wasn't allowed. Hmm. Um after World War II, there was something that happened. I, I have to read the history more, but they they weren't allowed to practice it. So it's pretty interesting, though, when you go to all the shrines and temples in Kyoto even and in Kurama. Um, even in Kurama, though, there weren't – it wasn't obvious that there was Reiki at all. And hmm. But there were signs – there were the Reiki signs everywhere. Oh, wow. But people huh. didn't, I don't know that they, the Japanese people, I don't know that they um, as a whole um, recognized them as Reiki, but they recognized them as a kanji, a Japanese symbol. But we went into this temple, and it, it said the main master symbol, it was called the Shining Light Temple. And that's what this symbol, the master symbol is. And it was written just like it was written, like we, you and I learned it. Right. That's so it's interesting. interesting. It's it's everywhere. And even the shrine in Karama, there was the mental-emotional health symbol on like three of the shrines. And all the symbols that we study in Reiki, but it wasn't, it didn't say Reiki. Oh, oh, sorry, Ruth. And then there was, for the most part, but then, then in Karama, on this other little town, it said the home of the home of um, Reiki. <laughs> it was interesting. That it's like it, it didn't it was it didn't jump out at you. No one really talked about it. Um, it, it feels like it's still like William said. It's still kind of um, underground a little, and the people in Japan still are maybe a little bit afraid of 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 it a little bit. I think. Well, you find that here too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was. It's just. It was really interesting. That's such a good question, though, because. But there, I feel like I wish I had better history mem- memory of it. But um, there was in the in the books we study. There's like in World War Two, we had to go underground with it, and that's how you know Miss Takata. Remember the the woman that brought it mm-hmm. to the states. She right. she was the one that brought it here. Um. If it wasn't for her, it wouldn't have gotten all this way to the States. It would have just stayed. Um, but there's a lot of history there around that, like that um, that question. That's a really good question. I hope I answered it a little bit. No, that was that was great. Very interesting. Yeah. And so is, was it Phyllis Takata? Um, wait, did you say Phyllis? Or is that the granddaughter? Oh, I, I only knew her. I only know her as Miss Takata. I don't. I don't know if it was okay. Phyllis. I think that might be the granddaughter. I'm not okay. sure though, Ruth, about that. Okay. I know she has a beautiful name, but honestly, I can't pronounce it. <laughs> oh, then it's probably not pronounce. Phyllis, because that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Lovely. So, so Monica, would you do me a, a minute? Just share yeah. a minute on what your husband Kevin is doing, because you guys have an amazing family between you and your husband. You. You do so much energy work. So could you just share for a minute what what his journey is about? Sure. Yeah, thanks. Um, So Kevin's been 
been down this path his whole life. He he has a master's in philosophy from Villanova University. Um, he's always been interested in this. He's a teacher of Tai Chi for over 30 years and meditation for over 30 years. Um, he went to China to learn Qigong, or I'm sorry, um, Tui Na, healing art from a master there. Um, he's done a lot of work in this area. He's been a Reiki master for over 20 years. Um, and he's got a book out called Clear, Quiet Mind. It's on how to meditate and how to clear and calm your mind so that you can live a better life. And, and it also helps with everything you do, really. Um, but he has that out on Amazon, Clear, Quiet Mind. And he has a blog that's also called that. So he's, his passion is meditation, teaching people meditation, and also passing along Reiki. Um, we're going to be starting to teach more together now. Um, we decided after Japan, and um, but he is an amazing person, just a person, and also just he's dedicated to to this work and and getting it out there and sharing it with people and um, helping them meditate. And he, he also leads a class every in Boulder every um, um, Wednesday at noon. Qigong meditation, and I go to every week. And but that's yeah, his passion is, you know, personal and spiritual growth and helping others. Wow, it sounds like your house is one-stop shopping. <laughs> well, it could be right. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, yeah, and he um no, but he's been a great teacher for me. He was that's how I met him. He was my meditation teacher, and I was 24. I started meditating, and I was I'm 49 now. So he was my first teacher, and it was pretty funny. I, I couldn't sit still at all. <laughs> it was crazy. Aww. I don't know how he even dealt with me. But um, but I learned, and it really changed my life. I was like, oh, oh my hey, God. So, I Monica, we, yeah. we are so out of time. Oh, yes. Oh, to, gosh. Okay. I need to let you go. But okay. I have loved this conversation with you. Thank you so, so much. Oh, thank you so much, Ruth, for inviting me. And, and it was just wonderful to be on. And so if folks want to look you up, then they could also, you could help them connect with Kevin. So they would look mm-hmm. up Energia, which is E-N-E-R-G-I-A dash transformyourlife.com. And um, I would just like to thank all of you for being with us tonight. It is truly an honor to be among the hosts of International Angels Network and Enlightened World Network. I look forward to walking with spirit with you next week. So good night and God bless.